Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Well, I don't know if it's you refuse to go out 
and you can't be found. Or once you find a man, you don't go nowhere. <laughs> he can't take you anywhere. You don't want to go out. You become drab and boring. Well, that ain't going to work either. So either way, you're going to have to go out. You're going to have to get that self together. I don't care if you're big or small, young or old, black or white, nice looking, or, you know, you need some extra makeup. It don't matter. You're going to have to go out. Okay? Okay. Well, what about, this was a good one. This was a good one. You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. All those loud women sitting, tackling together and, you know, just cutting up and, you know, you think it's cute. No, 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 no. You got to look like you want to be found. You got to look like you're about something. And if you're hanging around with the wrong people, you know, you're just not going to seem that appealing. And, you know, it's bad enough you can't find nobody as it is. But you definitely don't need to lessen your options by hanging around with the wrong people. Okay? Okay. I knew you would catch on. I knew you would catch on. Well, we would not finish a Monday properly if, 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 if we did not have the switch tip. Yes. All right. All right. Well, the switch tip. Stop entertaining bad conversation. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, how come we as adults just don't seem to have gotten, have caught on to this? You know, somebody's having a certain conversation with you and you don't even know how to shut it down. It's just a waste of time. And I don't know about y'all, I just ain't got no time to waste. I don't. I don't. I I really don't. There are times when you have to, you know, you have to converse with someone. You know, you have to, you know, just get that conversation going for multiple reasons. For multiple reasons. But we're talking about when you're in this conversation and you really see this conversation is really not going anywhere. And I have to say, you do have to use a level of discernment because sometimes you may not be able to detect that at first. It may look like it's going somewhere. And then at the end, you're like, okay, this is this is just, no. Mm-mm. Or the opposite way. Sometimes we don't think the conversation is worth much, but after we start going, we start picking up on that thing, then um, we realize that it's about something. Well, I have to tell you, get your radar together. Come on, get your radar together so you can be able to detect when it is that you need to stop this conversation. Stop entertaining these people who are taking you down a rabbit hole of nonsense. You know, Shanti told me the other day she got this conversation with this uh, individual and certain things he was saying. And I'm like, okay, you're better than I am. And I would have stopped that a long time ago. Now, this is her switch tip. And I would have stopped it a long time ago. Because, you know, I, I'm sorry. It's, it's just certain things I don't even need to touch. 
certain certain things that you start. You, okay, let, let me let me go back. Let me go back. Oh, no, no, let's do this. 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 Okay, so this guy has hit me up on Messenger, right? So he's talking. So he's going, you know, he's it's hello, how are you? You know, every day or so he'll hit me with something else. So generally, I don't. If if I don't know you like that, I'm not. I'm not. And that's what I'm saying. Listen, I, I've already begun this years ago. So this bad conversations or stop instant conversations. This was definitely up Stephanie's aisle. So I'm I'm noticing every couple of days he's you know he hits you up. Hey, how you doing? Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I notice he doesn't have um any any friends. So every I'm I'm looking. I don't know what made me like just annoyed this particular day. And he hits me up, and I'm like, okay, you know what? What's up with the no friends? How do you want to have all this conversation? Because he was like, do you have kids? Are you married? Um, what do you do for a living? I'm like, yo, and I literally said. I was like, yo, what's up with the no having friends and you want to have all this conversation? Because I, I was just tired of even reading the questions. Forget about whether I was answering them, answering them or not. I'm like, listen, you ain't got no friends. So how are you striking up all this conversation? So it's been over a week. I haven't even gone back to find out what he said. And the only reason why I know what, that he has something to say or how that he did answer is because, you know, you have other, you know, message, messages, messages. And well, nothing, why am I getting tongue-tied this morning? Other messages. Why doesn't that sound right to me, y'all? Messages. Oh, forget it. <laughs> it's Monday. It's Monday. I'm trying to get it together. But I have to tell you, just even something as small as that, I just don't even bother with. I'm like, I'm not, but no. You know, because I'm not here to meet nobody. You go, go, go listen to a, go listen to a switch tip. Go listen to an episode. So, because earlier when he started asking questions, I was like, have you listened to an episode yet? Because I'm not here to converse. I'm not here to be back and forth or whatever. Listen, you, you sent the friend request. I've added you. Now go listen to, to an episode of his new Tower Pastor. Outside of that, we ain't talking because you got a dead conversation, whether you got a dead conversation or not to me. I ain't trying to listen to you. I ain't trying to talk because I have to spend all my time preparing to talk to all of you. Right? Right. Okay. So, listen, stop entertaining these conversations, okay, because they're not going to take you down nowhere, okay? They're not going to take you anywhere positive. So I just wanted to say that to you. That just came to my mind, and I ended up getting tongue-tied, and I'm still trying to think of that word that I should have been saying. Um, messenger. It's direct messenger, so it's messenger. Okay, all right, all right. We're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. It's early. It's Monday. Y'all want to help me get it together. My due time crew is going to help me to get it together. So... We worry about it, but okay. So on, so on. That's how we spent our Monday. On Tuesday, we had our let's talk about it Tuesday church folk day, and we talked about the woman who hit the father in the head with a hammer while he was sleeping, 
and then she stabbed him to death. And then she attacked her sister, who was trying to help the father. And, you know, we because there was very little detail to the story, we didn't know whether, you know, he had made her mad before, you know, he went to sleep, and then she just decided to get her revenge while he was asleep, or if she had been mad from years ago and thought about that thing and ended up hitting him in the head. Well, either way, we started talking about the church folks and how, you know, it, it doesn't always get shaken off, you know, even after you accept Christ as your personal Savior. You know, unfortunately, there are still things, you know, that stir up some old thoughts. Pastor Charlene talked about how, you know, sometimes you could listen to a song and it'll stir up a, a reminder and, you know, now you all mad. And then she talked about how she ran into the girl who bullied her, her and the friends in the in the little school yard. And, you know, and here she is, the, the uh, was it, usher in church. And you don't know who you're looking at these days. Because if it's 30, 40, 50 years later, you know, you just might get bust over your head. <laughs> that was something you did when you were three. <laughs> but... You know, it, it behooves us to really let the Lord do His perfect healing in our life, so that we're not walking around with a bunch of, you know, malice and hatred and grudges, even after, you know, we've accepted God in our life. Okay, all right. Well, wow! Wednesday rolls around, and we started off the morning with our girlfriend Vivian. And her socially conscious segment. And we talked about how nature is sitting on top of all of this real estate. Over 4,000 apartments are available. It's taken them over 260 days to get these apartments available. And people are homeless. So how many people can you really bless? If you've got over 4,000 apartments, that's not 4,000 people. How many people? Because remember, these are families, families who are, you know, who are needing these places to live. So come on, come on, Nigel. You could do a little better than that. And it's funny because the next day somebody sent me, somebody who doesn't listen to the broadcast sent me this, this link to the same story that Vivian had given. So the word is out. The word is out. And as a matter of fact, she lives in housing. So, you know, that was interesting in and of itself. Well, we also talked about the uh, the the migrants who were camped outside the hotel because they were angry that they couldn't get a special, special spot you know, in in the hotel instead of going to the shelter in Brooklyn. And we talked about how, you know, hey, you got all this say, you don't like the accommodations, then go back to Mexico. You know, you don't have to stay. Ain't nobody begging you to stay. Ain't nobody begging you to take up a bed. Ain't nobody begging you to take up any of the benefits, ain't nobody begging you to do nothing. We didn't ask you over here. So if, you know, you can't be camping out on the street, you know, when you are 
when you don't like what's going on here. You don't have that right. No. You couldn't even do that in your own country. So don't even come over here and try to do that. So that that's a couple of things we talked about on Wow Wednesday. Well, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around. And ooh-wee, we got to talking. And uh, the question was, does the punishment fit the crime? Do you remember the woman who had committed the group murder? Remember, they murdered the, uh, they tried to murder the woman, and she injected the woman with heroin and bleach and then had the guy shoot the woman and they tried to kill her and then on top of that when they tried to kill her didn't know she wasn't dead they went and tried to uh, well they did kill one of the women who actually participated in the group crime well now she's dying of stage 4 cancer and you know, she's dying behind bars because she was sentenced for those crimes back in the 70s to life in jail. And now she's dying and her family wants her out, out, out. Well, she's going to have to stay in, in, in because she was sentenced to die in prison. And, you know, the, the due time crew was like, nah, 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 nah. Not after the heinous uh, a crime she committed. Now, somebody is supposed to so sorry for her and let her die on the outside. Well, what happened to the crime she committed and all of the pain she inflicted and how she tried to kill somebody and how she did kill the other person? Well, unfortunately, dying in prison is going to be just that for her because she has been declined parole. She has been declined any intervention from the, the, the governor in Michigan, and uh, sorry, it looks like you're just going to have to sit there till you know, God close your eyes for good. Well, that's how we spent our week last week. I wasn't feeling well on Friday. I felt like my head was going to bust wide open, so I couldn't even talk hardly. But to God be the glory, um, I was able to travel um, safely. Um, you know, on a very unexpected trip, and he brought us back safely. And here I am, shaking the Monday morning blues with you today. Oh, my goodness. It is wonderful to be able to wake up to my family, and I'm home, and I'm happy, and, you know, good things are happening for us. And we're about to get our morning started. So, listen. Go back and listen to last week's episodes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because they were really good. And uh, tell a friend, okay? All righty. Well, go get that healthy breakfast. And again, go tell somebody that It's Due Time with Pastor Steph is on. And hmm, make sure you go nowhere, because we'll be right back. I will use my platform to speak up about metastatic breast cancer. I will always encourage women to check their breasts. 
I will continue to be a supportive caregiver. I will never, ever stop showing up and loving and supporting anyone affected by cancer. I will show others living with MBC that we can live a rich and happy life. I will talk openly about breast cancer. I will use my new perspective to share with others and be open about breast cancer. I will keep informed and help those around me to stay informed too. And I will continue to advocate and raise awareness for metastatic breast cancer and research. I will continue to support, inspire, and lift other women going through cancer. I will build community to make other young women feel less alone. I will make moves to support the growth of a community where all women facing any of the challenges that come with breast cancer can feel loved, supported, and connected. you definitely 
want to know. Okay? All righty. Another surprising fact about menopause, it says when it's when symptoms usually end, not begin. So that was interesting because it says people tend to think of menopause as the symptoms most women experience, including hot flashes, night sweats, trouble sleeping, and concentrating. But when you reach the medical definition of menopause, after a year of not having a period, these symptoms typically begin to taper off, okay, or may disappear altogether. They say it's the time that precedes menopause when symptoms are usually at their peak, and that's the perimenopause. Remember, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Dr. Pierre Gordon talked about that. So you might want to go back to that episode, okay? Number three, another surprising fact about menopause, it says it can increase your risk for heart disease. Wow. Well, after menopause, women are more likely to have heart disease, and they say that this could be due to factors such as, again, changes in estrogen levels or conditions that go along with aging, such as gaining weight or high blood pressure. So, again, your doctor should be monitoring your heart activities, and you should talk to your doctor about what you can do to protect your heart, and they will definitely check your cholesterol on a regular basis as well as your um, blood pressure, okay? Four, another surprising fact, hot flashes can linger for years, ladies. Oh, my goodness. Well, they say... Unfortunately, once the flashes start, you really can't predict when they will stop, okay? So they're saying menopausal women may experience high flashes on average from six months to two years, and some have experienced them for as long as 10 years. Wow. Or they say a small number of women may find that their hot flashes never go away. Ooh, baby. Oh, my goodness. But thank God I have not experienced that. And to think that that may never go away, wow. All right, number five, number five, surprising fact about menopause. They say you may have heard that women often have problems with concentration and memory or like a foggy feeling during perimenopause. But they say that, in fact, some women's memory after the menopause transition is as good as it was before the um, menopause. So they say, in fact, memory problems are often chalked up to normal cognitive aging, mood, and other factors more than menopause, and they say to help prevent memory loss, they say get into a good social network, stay physically and mentally active, eat 
a healthy diet, avoid smoking, and stop consuming the alcohol. Yeah, because all of those things are linked to memory loss. And we don't need, you know, we don't need additional things to help us forget, right? No. All righty. Number six, chemo and radiation can induce menopause. Wow. So they say chemotherapy and radiation therapy may lead to menopause symptoms such as hot flashes during or shortly after the course of treatment. But be aware, menstruation and fertility are not always permanent after chemo. So they say you may want to continue any birth control measures. All righty. All righty. Number seven, smoking and surgery can lead to early menopause. Wow. Okay. They say a study suggests that women who are heavy or habitual smokers are more likely to experience menopause on average one to two years earlier than women who have never smoked. Wow. They say, and women exposed to high levels of passive smoke as a child and an adult had an early menopause by about one year. Wow, you don't even think this stuff affects your body. Wow. So they say surgery to remove your uterus, which is a hysterectomy, will also make your period stop, which is menopause. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. But you may not have menopause symptoms right away if your ovaries aren't removed since they can't still make hormones. Wow. All righty. Number eight, you can downward dog your way to fewer hot flashes. Now I don't know what that means. So they're saying that some studies show that yoga as well as Tai Chi uh, scratch that. We're not even, no, we, we ain't going there. All right, forget that one. Forget that one. Okay, no, we're not going there. Sorry. All righty. Um, what are we talking about today? So, ladies, listen, that menopause thing is a big thing. It's a big thing for some women. I'm just blown at the fact that when your period stops, that's considered menopause. Wow. All right. Well, all right. So I had this story for Friday, and since Friday, I've gotten several texts from our listeners about this particular story, and it's about a woman who was mistakenly pronounced dead. In our Iowa, so they had this Iowa care facility who really goofed. They really, really goofed, all right? So they said that there was a woman who, an unidentified resident, they said the lady's name. She had been at Glen Oaks Alzheimer's Special Care Center since December of 2021. 
They moved her to hospice care at the facility on December 28, 22, because of senile degenerative degeneration of the brain. Excuse me. So they say while in hospice care, comfort measures were taken, and over the course of several days, the the, the staff recorded diminished lung sounds and minor, minor seizures. But on January 3rd, the woman was pronounced dead at 6 a.m. after an employee, who they're calling Staff C, said that she did not feel a pulse and found the resident was not breathing. So the staff member notified the licensed practical nurse and the woman's family was alerted and they called a local funeral home. Well, the funeral director got there not too long after and with the assistance of that licensed practical nurse, the residence was placed in a body bag and it was zipped up. The funeral director took the body to the funeral home and unzipped the bag about an hour later. And the funeral director said that they observed the residents chest moving and gasping for air. And they called 911 and the care facility. And when EMS responded, they were able to record a pulse and breathing, but there was no eye movement and no verbal response. Well, that same day, the resident was returned to the care facility, but she passed away early in the morning, maybe a day or so later, with her family at her side. And they are being fined. This facility is being fined up to $10,000 for what they consider negligence. And, you know, they're apologetic, and they're saying they care deeply about their residents, and they remain, you know, um, diligent about, you know, taking care of people at this particular stage of their life. And they are truly sorry for this mistake. Now, let's talk about this thing for a second. Was it really negligence? Now, maybe some of y'all are like, what? But, excuse me, this woman was in a bad state of life. And there could be a chance that, you know, being that, she was not really breathing. There was the person said they didn't feel a pulse. That maybe she could have been considered dead. Now I don't know. I'm not the person in the facility. If there's like nine steps to determining whether a person's dead or not, or there's three, and could have been you. Could have been you who pronounced the woman dead, or. Was it really a level of negligence? Because i got to tell you, the worst care in the world are these nursing homes. And being that these people are senile, being that these people are elderly, they don't take care of these people properly. And I'm going to tell you something. 
they don't have proper, proper doctors on site. They don't have proper nursing staff. On, no, they don't. I'm telling you, they don't. They don't, they don't, they don't. These people are not the top of their class. I'm telling you. I'm beginning to believe that they're taking the bottom of the barrel in these nursing homes as as uh, caretakers and um, facility workers, nursing staff and doctors. Yeah, yeah. First of all, they only got like one doctor that floats around and he ain't never there or she ain't never there. Then they got, <clears throat> excuse me, the nursing staff in these uh, these um, facilities are not like the nursing staff in a hospital, no. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they don't pay, they don't want to pay for the best nurses. I don't know, but the, 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 the care is really not well. So it could be a great deal of negligence. And the sad part about it is, you know, I always say, I was when I went into the into the rehab nursing home, I was so glad. All I kept saying was, Jesus, thank you, I got all my faculties. Because they pray on that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's really not a good situation when you're in there and you're older. Because a lot of people don't go in there to see about their family. They know this. So you really got to take care of your family when they're in there. If you really got to put your family in this, and I don't beat up people who do. You know, I would never put my my, my mother in a home. I, I don't say that. I don't say that because you don't know the situation. But make sure you're on top of it. And unfortunately, it's very hard to find a facility that's like A1. All right, so yeah, that was a uh, that was it. That was real hot. That was a hot topic uh, for this week. Uh, let's see what else we talking about now. Well, you know, on to some good news. On to some goodness. It's Black History Month, and Hyundai wants to do something good, or they did something good. We always talk about you know the fact that you know these big con- uh, merchants. They don't do anything for the community and stuff like that, and they could do better and, you know, things like that. So we, I'm happy to announce that Hyundai donates $15,000 to three Savannah black-owned businesses for Black History Month, and they really, you know, are, are real hardworking people. And one was a Latika Early Moore, who's the owner of Lux Hair Salon. There was L.B. Elm, who's the owner of the Culturist Union. And there was another one. Oh, a Savannah Source Company, Source, S-A-U-C-E, who is the owner, it was a man, so it was two women, two women and one man. And the three of them received um, quite a bit of money uh, to help, you know, their business. So they're giving back to the community, and they're giving back to our community. And, you know, some people may want to say, hey, you know, what's the big deal? I say, listen, they make enough from us, let them give it back. All right? I ain't questioning. I ain't questioning no motive. I ain't questioning, oh, it's a tax deductible. Stop! Stop! Just Say thank you, God. 
just say thank you, God, that three people could get it. And, you know, we're going to say, you know, palms raised. Let's be happy. Okay? Ah, uh, let's see what else. Hmm. There was something that really caught my attention. Oh, this one. So in Tennessee, they're passing a bill. So you know this whole thing with you're not able to get an abortion anymore. And now they're getting to the point where they're trying to squeeze in, like, reasons and some um, exclusions to the rule. And... They have the lawmakers in Tennessee introducing a bill that says that if you lie about rape to get the abortion, then you're going to spend three years in jail. Yeah. And they say the bill uh, surfaced uh, in the news. And it's, I want to read you this. It says, it will also, now listen to this. That's what I said, this really caught my attention. They said this would also require rape victims who do receive abortion care, which they can only get after an invasive forensic exam, to preserve and submit a sample of the embryonic or fetal tissue extracted during the abortion to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation for investigation into the offense. <sighs> Let me just read you this last little piece that I want to include because this is quite lengthy, but I'm, these are the highlights. It says that it refers to women... I'm sorry, children as young as 12, as women, and it specifically says that child rape victims who are 12 or younger can get an abortion up to 10 weeks into their pregnancy, while children and adults who are 13 or older can have abortions at up to 8 weeks. But it must include... What I just read you. Now, this is a bit much. This is a bit much. You know, how you going to let me be an exception to the rule and then you going to take me through all of this other stuff? Let me read it to you again just in case you didn't catch this thing here. It says it would also require... So... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just a lot to swallow. It would also require rape victims who do receive abortion care, which they can only get after an invasive forensic exam, to preserve and submit a sample of the embryonic or fetal tissue extracted during the abortion to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation for investigation into the offense, quote-unquote. Now, so I come to you and I say, I want an abortion because I got raped. But before you do that, you're going to have to take me through 
and a, an invasive forensic exam. So not only am I going to have to in, endure the, the trauma of being raped, I then got to endure the trauma of your, foren- your invasive forensic exam to preserve whatever the embryonic or fetal tissue You know what? This is just too much. This is just too much. This is too much. You either give, let them have it, or you don't let them have it. You don't add to the trauma because you need to preserve. Let me me tell you what they're really trying to do. So what they're trying to tell you that they're doing is, oh, we want to, you know, investigate the rape, and in order to investigate the rape, we need this type of, you know, forensic evidence. That's not why. That's not why. They want to really see if you, if, if, if somehow they want to determine whether you were really raped or not. Because remember now, when you get raped, one of the things they say is, was there scar tissue and things like that. And a lot of times that's how they're able to determine, like from a, a murder victim, you know, if there was any rape, because they'll say, well, there was no scar tissue, so they'll kind of eliminate the possibility of rape. So now they're trying to watch for all of these things. When you decide that you're going to get an abortion, they want to check, and this is what they're going to look for. No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Either you're going to pass the law and say, well, okay, you know what? We're seeing that there was some, you know, scar tissue because it doesn't have to, it doesn't mean anything invasive for them to determine whether it was scar tissue you know scar tissue now you don't have to do a whole lot of you know digging for that so if you want to do something like that okay maybe that's acceptable but now you want to do all of this and then you're going to pull out some some fetal tissue and uh, no 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 i'm sorry and like i said some people might say well you know that might help them find you know the the the, the perpetrator? No, 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 because it's, it's something else under they, they something else up their sleeve. This ain't got nothing to do with that. This is so that they can have control. Everything is about so they can have control. So no, 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 no. Here's the other story I want to talk about today. This is crazy. So as I'm talking, go look up this piggy drawing. Inappropriate piggy drawing. Yes, I'm saying it exactly what I want you to look. So here's what happened. So there was a little girl who's 11. She's a fifth grader. And she drew a a pink piggy. Quite a cute-looking pink piggy as, you know, if I can say so myself. And on the, um, along with the piggy, she drew like a little tail on the end. She drew like a little quote, um, your quote box that said hi. Um, the piggy had what looks like maybe like little eyebrows. And in the middle of the chest, she drew a bow tie. Well, unfortunately, she didn't make the bow tie with the little pointy you know, sides to it. 
the bow tie was round. Those pointy parts on each side of the tie were actually round. Well, another little boy in the class saw the picture and told the teacher that the little girl drew a picture of a, of a male's private part on the piggy. So the teacher took, went to the little girl, asked her for the, um, for the picture, looked at it, said that this is what the boy told her, and gave it to the principal. And they called the mother. So they told the mother that the little girl had drawn something inappropriate. She needed to come to school, blah, 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 blah. So when the mother got to the school, she saw the picture. She was like, this is definitely a picture of a bow tie. The teacher and the principal stood the ground that it looked like a boy's private part or a male's private part. So they said that they were going to take a copy of the picture and put it into the little girl's um, folder so it could follow her just in the event something else came up later. So they met, the lady met with the social worker, the, the vice principal, and this is how it went down. So my question was, well, what was the social worker there for? If you couldn't determine that this was a bow tie, then you need to quit your job. Because you're there for the children. You're not there for the school. You're there for the children. And she had none at all. So somehow or another, this got to the superintendent. And the superintendent claims that all they took, there, there, was, there was no picture in the folder and that they felt that, you know, that the people handled it properly. Well, they always going to back their idiotic staff, that they took the proper, um, uh, there was a proper protocol taken and, you know, there was no big deal because at the end of the day, it wasn't in her folder. And the mother and the father said they didn't know nothing about this was no longer in the folder because that's what they were told. So, again, here we go. Last week, I believe, or the week before, we talked about how they wanted to talk to the children about the LGBT stuff. And when the mother said no, they blew up the whole school and the class with the LGBT stuff. So... This time, y'all talking about the kids, you a private part. Nobody ever asked the little girl. That was the that was the real big problem that the mother had. And I was looking through the article and I was trying to figure out, you know, did they ever ask her? No, they didn't ask her. What they did was they said, "Well, Mary, Johnny said that this was a private part, and we need to take this to the principal." They didn't say to her like. Hey, Mary, you know, what did you draw? This is, you know, this is really interesting. What did you draw? And what is this? And let her say, it's a bow tie. You didn't never allow her, you never allowed her to say, 
what it was. You just assumed because little old nasty Johnny said that it was a private part. It now becomes a private part. So he set the tone for how you dumb adults took it, and now you took all of this stuff here. So the woman ended up taking the kids out the, out the district altogether. And I don't blame her because I would have done the same thing. Because now you filthy, the little Johnny filthy, everybody filthy, little girl ain't got, nothing, ain't got nothing on her mind about some male private parts. So she ended up having to defend herself because at that point she was like, it's not a private part. Well, now you got a whole new issue, you know. That So it's, it's like, what do you win with these stupid schools? Schools are so not schools anymore. It's this defense, you know, uh, are they teaching, educa- are they educating the kids in math, English, science, social st- studies? Are they doing that anymore? This is what we're going through in school? I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's talk to our new time crew because I need some answers and I need some help. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday, morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Thank you. I'm well. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, trying to get adapted to this up and down of this weather, but I'm here. I am still here. <laughs> yes, everybody's kind of getting the, trying to get adjusted to this madness here. Glad to have you on with us today. So there's a question as to whether there was a real mistake made when it comes to whether there's some negligence on the part of the staff at this Alzheimer's facility with this 66-year-old woman who was in, you know, pretty much receiving it at, at hospice care. And she had stopped breathing. She had been having problems with her breathing and things like that. So the, the staff member didn't find a pulse. She found that she wasn't breathing, and she declared her dead. And now, unfortunately, they took the woman in a body bag to the funeral home where the director had to find out that she wasn't dead. They took her back to the facility. She ended up dying a day or so later, and um, now they're being fined for, you know, numerous things. And it probably has also very little to do with this because they probably went and found some other stuff that was wrong. You know how once you found one thing, you find ten. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm presenting the case that she was already at a hospice care level and who was already struggling to breathe. And, you know, it could have really been, you know, this, this issue of her not breathing, no pulse, and she really could have been dead. And that's why it appeared as dead. Or because of the terrible, 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 terrible care that you get when you're in these nursing facilities, that they really were negligent. What side do you stand on? In between. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and and the reason why I say that is um, my mother, before she left this world, I 
pretty much lived in a hospice with her um, because I was concerned about what would be done, you know, the time and frame, you know, and she was um, placed in a facility in the Bronx. And I live in Brooklyn. So it was just too much, um, too many things that I was concerned about. And so I put myself in, in the predicament of just literally sleeping in the same room with her just so that I knew, you know, that she was taken, well taken care of. When, you're, um, when your loved one is placed in that type of setting, you know, there's a lot of people that know that you're not coming around, you're not going to check on them. You know, and they assume that, you know, you're not going to be there so they can do whatever it is that they want. You know, the other thing that I am aware of is when it's a hospice type situation, sometimes the individual can go through phases that are like pseudo, what, what they call them is pseudo death. So they appear to be, they seem to be, but you have to check, you know, um, as you're looking at them, they look like they're not breathing. They look like they're not moving but they actually are functioning, you know, and so that could, that situation, I mean, there's so, there's so many different things that we're unaware of. We don't, there's a lot of uh, parameters that we haven't been given information for. So I kind of stand in the middle. It could have been one of those places where, you know, they're not paying attention, you know, their job is just, you know, their job. They're not looking at it as I'm taking care of somebody, even if they're not able to verbalize. It's hard to say. Absolutely, and, and that's where I really stand as well. I kind of stand as well because it's a really touchy area, a touchy time. And sometimes you really won't know. Sometimes you really won't know. Thank you for joining us today and, and sharing even your your personal experience. I'm sure that's, you know, very close to your heart, so thank you so much. Uh, let's say good morning to Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, good morning. How are you today, my darling? I am well, thank you. I am well. I am well. What's your take on this whole, you know, this woman being pronounced dead? Do you think it was negligence and they should be fined, or do you think that, you know what? Hey, it was. It was. It, it's something that could have really happened. She could have been dead. Um, and when you were saying about it, I was thinking, I don't know the name of it, but it's it's a, a some kind of disease or something they call it where that you stop breathing. Okay. And then oh, yeah, just like what happened to her, she comes. Okay, because I don't know the name of it. So I thought of that being said, and also um, in the nursing home, I know for sure if you don't have people to come every day, different times. Um, that they won't come and check on you because um, I've had my aunt that was in there and I had told, had to tell my mom because if you don't do it, you know, they do. They You hear the people screaming. You hear, you know, they just leave the people in whatever state that they're in. And um, so I had thought of that. I don't know the name of it, though, but um, it uh, – whose side I'm leaning on, um, I'm kind of in the middle, too, because some of them don't really, don't really care. They just come get a paycheck. And she might have came in and just, okay, she looked like that, even if she checked her and just walked out. But then when they was moving the body, 
you know, I thought of why in the, you know, in the moving of it, she, her heart and stuff started coming back, right? Is that the part you said? And it started when, breathing when, in the back? When the funeral director got her to the uh, funeral home and unzipped the bag is when he noticed that she was breathing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I, I was thinking. You said while she was in the bag, so it, she came back. Yeah. That's crazy. I wouldn't have took her back to the same place, though. That's that Charlotte. I'm with you. And I said to myself, my my family, sure enough, just in the event it was negligence, they ain't going back there. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, with that thought, as a having a mother who, oh God, that was like her third. That was that was like her second house. Um, she was. I'm dead serious. It was either the hospital was the first home or the nursing home was, or the rehab was the second home. She spent a lot of time there, and there's a lot of, pro, there's a lot of protocol to getting them in a facility. So being that they declared that she wasn't dead and she was living, the process of getting her into another facility, that couldn't have happened. So, and then my thing was, why they didn't take her to the hospital? That's why I didn't understand. That's and I'm like, why? Why would you take her back to the? If so, you know, I'm suing the nurse, the 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 the, the director too. I'm suing the, the 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 what do you call that place? Funeral home too. Because why would you take her back to the the nursing home at if the woman was thought to be dead? And and remember now, the funeral director was there, the the license practical nurse was there who also helped to put her in the bag and also determined that she was, because remember now, the the first, the staff see who they're calling. They thought she was dead. So they got the licensed nurse. She stamped that the woman was dead. When the director came, she, the, 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 one, the nurse, helped to put her in the body bag with the funeral director. So now you got three mm-hmm. people saying this woman is dead pretty much. So now you get her to the funeral home and you find her breathing. You don't think she needs to be checked medically that you would take her back to the right. funeral home? I'm like, well, what dope is that? They're all messed up. They're all, oh, my gosh, they are all messed up. They're all messed up, Pastor Sean. Right. I'm with you. You wouldn't have gone back there. No, I definitely would have took her to the hospital. I agree. I will sue everybody that I could. And also, some of the nursing homes, they work with certain funeral homes. So a lot of times people don't have a certain place that they go, right? So they can be in cahoots with each other, too. <laughs> I mean, my Always a conspiracy up somebody's sleeve, but that is something to think about, Pastor Charlotte. That is something to think about, yeah. But I surely wouldn't have returned her to the funeral, I'm sorry, to the nursing facility. Take her to the hospital, because at that point she may need some kind of nursing care. Duh. Right. All right. Well, right. Oxygen. She, she, now she needs some oxygen. This is what I'm saying. You know, hook her up to some, yeah, it's a lot that comes with that. 
and then the right. drama from you know the trauma from her family. Y'all called right. me and told me she did. You know what? It's a Too whole lot of stuff, Pastor Charlotte. I don't know what's going on. I don't think there was a whole lot of thinking happening here. It don't look like there was a whole lot of thinking happening. It seemed like a whole lot of panicking and covering up and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Now that you say that, it, that she was returned right back to the to the nursing home, that might be a, a, a partnership between the funeral home and the nursing facility. Yeah, yeah. Because that was just that was just some that was dumb. That was dumb. You just had a okay. So let's say for argument's sake, it took twenty minutes from the funeral from the nursing home to the funeral home. So you just had this woman zipped up, who's already dying. You didn't zip her up. In a, in a bag for 20 minutes. She don't need to go to the hospital? Yeah, nah, 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 I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, your, I'm on your path. I'm on your path, Pastor Charlotte. I'm on your path. I'm on your path. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Pastor K.L. Oh, yes. Uh, good morning, yes, good me. morning. How are you? I'm fine. No, Thank you. Be quiet for a minute. Be quiet. We ain't up to you yet. Be quiet. <laughs> Pretend like you didn't say good morning. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Tamika still has something to say. Be quiet, be quiet. Yes, Tamika. Well, I I was just gonna say to the to the facilities point, you know, their job is not and, and I'm not validating. Their job is not to resuscitate, but you know, to assist you, you know, or to make things easier when you pass so you know unfortunately their their mentality and maybe she had a dnr which meant you know do not resuscitate so if you're on your way out then okay then we have a new bed you know it's a bad way to think about it but it does happen wow 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 what a point about this one, Pastor Steph, how come it was so fast that they hurry up and took her to the funeral home? Since when? That they don't hang around the building for a little while. Let's do that one. Right, right, because remember, at one point, they were complaining that when the people died in the nursing home, they didn't get to the funeral home for, for like, sometimes weeks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's a, girl, there's a whole lot of stuff going on here, a whole lot of stuff going on here. Oh, Pastor KL, good morning, Pastor KL, how are you today? You know what, Pastor? I ain't talking to you. Act up if you want, act up if you want, I'm going to shut that mic off. You already shut it off. You told me shut up. <laughs> how are you? I'm well. How about you? I'm okay, thanks. I'm okay, thanks. What's your thought in all of this? You didn't got the conspiracy theories and all of the other stuff. What what, what comes across your head? Well, my my thought is this: when the two nurses, Mary and Martha, when 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 they went and put um when they went and put their their mother's uh, Lazarus in the body bag. They, they thought she was already dead. You know, I mean, you, you can't be mad. Listen, if, if two people, if somebody had a sign off on it and somebody saw it first, then I, I don't think that's negligent. I mean, you, you've already got somebody confirming that in their mind, according to, the, to their medical 
um, knowledge that that she's dead. So they put. Why, why would you just put somebody in a bag if you didn't think they were dead? So I don't think that was negligence. I, I think that that was their finding. Unfortunately, you know, she wasn't dead. You know, but I, I think at, at the point that they put her in that bag, there, there was some type of, of, of lifeless in her body. So I, I don't I don't think they were negligent. You know, um, she wasn't dead. I don't know whether, you know, she was playing possum. You know what I mean? And just uh, acting like she was sleeping. You know, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm a little leery on that one. I, I just I can't see nobody putting you in a bag for no reason. And, and you know what, Pastor Kev, that, that's really the point that's being made here this morning. You know, they're saying that, that the nursing home, this facility, is being fined up to $10,000. Now, they're not saying what they're being fined on. Um, and, and that's why I said it's probably some other stuff that they didn't went up in there and found. Not this particular. Yeah, but you know what? what? Even with that, you know, Lazarus was about to die. I mean, she's in a place where there's no return back to the house. So, so who says that that the body bag killed you? You understand what I'm saying? They, they say that a couple of days later, you know, she died. So it it, it wasn't the bag, right? So I, I'm not I'm not right. I'm not really right. understanding that of how you suing me on something that was inevitable. That, that that we brought her in here knowing that these would be her last days. In no, fact, not, as, not, as, they're as, not suing. As, no, no, no. They're not hmm? suing. They're being fined. Remember that. If you're fined, you're being fined oh, okay. from a higher okay. authority. So that's what I was saying about the fining. They probably weren't being fined for that particular thing. Because like everyone has said, you know, like and like you just the point you just made well, she was in hospice care. She was dying. It was very easy for her to be, you know, uh, uh, mistakenly dead, you know, and, because and, she was dying. And, and, the, 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 and, and the name of the facility was your last of the evil days. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why? Why? Why are we even here? Oh, my goodness. But, no, on a a serious note, the point that you're bringing up is correct, and that's why I asked the question kind of like which side of the fence do you fall on because it's very easy. It's very easy. Like, I'm thinking, y'all didn't just literally pick this word up and put her in a body bag. So at one point she had to be, like, kind of lifeless because who would think that you could pick me up, put me up in a bag, I didn't roll all this kind of time. Some, some, there was some lifelessness at some point, maybe not to the point of death, but where she had slipped into, you know, a zone where even shaking her up to put her in a bag and then putting her back on the table. And, yeah, something, something ain't right. Something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. Oh, my goodness gracious. But thank you so much for joining us, uh, my dude Tom crew. I want to talk today, what are we talking about as far as the uh, relationship? Uh, oh, look at, the, look at the title of the relationship, Things That Kill a Relationship Every Time. <laughs> Ooh, no pun intended, everybody, no pun intended, no pun intended. 
Well, we listen. We you know we talked about one thing last week about how women you know kill her chance of of you know really finding a good man, and now we're talking generically about things that you know will end a relationship uh, for show, as they um, say. And I want to know what you have to say about this stuff here. Trust issues. And we'll start with you, Tamika. You know, do you agree trust issues will kill a relationship? Come what may. Yes, indeed, I do. You know, um, I am one. I, I love, I enjoy working out. And there are certain times um, that I don't answer my phone. If I'm working out, I will text you and let you know that I'm on my way out. You know, and I'll even be so kind as to text you to let you know I'm on my way home. But during that time, I'm not answering. The other time that I don't answer is in worship. You're not going to get me. You know, you can call me afterwards, but during those times, you're not. And so if I tell you I went to church or if I went to work out, that's what I did, you know. And you're not going to keep questioning me over and over about my time frame. I'm, you know, very honest. I, I have no problem in being transparent of where I'm going, when I'll be back. But you're not going to tell, you know, and, and, and a lot of times it has nothing to do with me. It's just the fact that you don't trust. And it has nothing to do with anything that I've shown you, anything that I've done. When we started this relationship, you had trust issues, and you never got them resolved. So now that I'm in this relationship with you, every time that I go someplace that you can't see me, now you're wondering, okay, did you really go to, the, to work out? You know, and it's kind of funny, in my instance, the group that I work out with is on Facebook. So if you really wanted to trace me, all you have to do is go on Facebook, which is really sad, but, you know, it, it, it can really sour and honestly destroy a relationship. All righty, all righty. Pastor Charlene, can trust issues destroy a relationship? Absolutely. When you trust what they say and they just lie, lie, and just keep lying, and then they act like you the crazy one. <laughs> so, yes, if you don't, you know, because you, you're trusting a person and being with them and, you you know, you got to believe what they say or well, you will want to believe what they say. But after so far, you know, no, no, you know, you keep finding out on your own instead of them being honest with you. So how can you trust someone like that? Okay, okay. And Pastor K.L.? Yeah, that, that's definitely a, an, an issue. But a lot of times, trust issues is because you ain't no good. You know, when you ain't no good and you know what you do and how you do it, you don't trust because you don't trust you. So that, that becomes an issue. It's not that I think that you're doing it. It's that I know that I could do it if I wanted to do it. Therefore, I know you have the opportunity to do it. Oh, interesting, uh, interesting thought. They all, I've always heard, you know, people say that, you know, when you always accuse someone of doing something, it's pretty much because that's what you're doing and you're trying to throw, you know, the attention off yourself and you're suspicious because that's what you're doing. So I'm, 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 I've heard that. I've heard that quite a, quite a bit. Ah, infidelity. Pass the Charlotte. Will that destroy a relationship or not? You a cheater? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, 
And yes, someone. <laughs> yes, it will. Because once again, you don't know who. Who? Mm, almost said something. I forgot. I want to read it. Um. Yes, it will destroy the relationship. <laughs> All righty. All righty. Uh, Pastor KL, infidelity, relationship destroyer. <laughs> Definitely. No one signed up for that. No one signed up for who's whom and who. You know, the record I called you, me, and he, no one has signed up for that at all. If you feel that you have not gotten, out of, gotten that out of your system yet, then we, we don't need to be together. We, we, it, it, it's totally, totally a, a breaker, a deal breaker. All righty. Tamika. I, I chime in with everybody. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a seal to a end of relationship, if not an end of life. It all depends on the individual that's doing it. You know, <laughs> you don't know who I know, and you don't know, you know, um, you claim, you know, you might think that you do, but, you know, depending on my reaction to what you do, like I said, you know, we, we've already seen situations where, it went from bad to really, really far worse. And so you might not want to put yourself in that predicament. If, if if that's what you're doing, then you need to be honest with the people and say, listen, you know, you're not my only one, then to cause yourself more havoc. Let me, let me ask you, you're three Christian people, and I'm asking, and there's no right or wrong answer, because you could have been speaking in the term of, um, in the sense of dating, when it comes to marriage, is that uh, is it is it over after that, Pastor Charlin? Um, if you did it once, no, nah, let me not even say that. Yeah, it's over. Because if I catch you, everybody's over. <laughs> So let me just be who I am. It's over. Yeah, it, it, it's over. You over. They over. Everybody's over. So, um, yes. And y'all, y'all pray for me. I tell y'all all the time. Because if I catch you. Oh, oh. Oh. She has a You know, just, let me just stop even playing this game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is funny. Pastor KL. Is it a done deal, marriage? And, and you know what? Let, let's just be honest. I, I, I would, in the hell in me, would like to say yes, it's definitely over. But but you don't know what you've invested. You don't know how much time you invested. You don't, I mean, you, that, that, that love sometimes, you know, it, it, it makes you stay sometimes. I mean, we do foolish things for love. So I would like to say because... I'm a Christian, and because I know it, 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 it's filed, that is over. But 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 you can't you can't never tell what you're gonna do unless you're in that position. You hear people talk about, girl, if I was you, but well, you ain't me. And until you get it, until you wear these shoes right here, you don't know what you're gonna do. Okay, okay. Uh, Tamika, what you got? Woo, that's that. <laughs> That's a real rough spot, you know, and looking on the outside, you can always point your finger and say this, that, that, those, and the other. 
Um, however, when it's you, it's a totally different thing. And and uh, Pascal is, is right. You know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, well, I wouldn't let I wouldn't let her do that. And, uh, you let him do such and such and such, you know, and, and so you don't really know. You know, it all depends on the parameters, you know, how it affects you. Can you maintain, you know, is, is it really over? Is it something that you keep catching? You know, you check a phone and all of a sudden, you know, this text message, you know, it's not that you're looking for it, but you happen to pick up a phone and move it from one place and you still get text messages from him or, or you find something on, on, on his stuff. You know, it, it, there's all types of parameters. You have to pray and, and it, 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 it's important that you get in that singleness of mind, you know, um, that this is this is us or nothing else, you know, um, and you know <laughs> that's a real, really, really rough one. Well, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna kind of shift a little bit because as you as you're all talking, things are going through my head. So you find that you have this infidelity that took place. Who do you talk to, Pastor Charlotte? Well, the first person I need to talk to is the Lord because I know that I'm already enraged. Um, and we're that only God is going to keep me from killing everybody. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, right? I'm sorry. Um, but that is the first person that I am going to to talk to. And then from there, I don't know, and I'm saying I don't know is because of the fact that did I know who it, the person was? Because my thought as everybody was talking was, are we saying this of someone that we don't know, but wonder if it's somebody that you do know? So I don't know who I would talk to after after the Lord. <laughs> and that should be an honest with me. <laughs> okay, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why if it's someone and, and again, no right or wrong answer. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to understand. Why if it's someone you do know no, why don't you know who you're gonna to talk to? Because that particular point comes up. Why why does it shift? So do I talk to my mama, but if it's so and so I won't talk to my mom, I'll talk to my father. You follow what I'm saying? Why does it shift based on whether you know who the person is or not? I'm just curious. Okay, I'm saying of the person that you do know, because I might want to go talk to that person. That's why I said that. Not and see. Oh, oh, I'm asking. I'm I, asking. Okay, so be that person that you would be actually targeting to go speak to. Right. Okay, so let me, okay, let me give you an okay, example. Okay. I'll, I'm okay. going to give you an example. When my first husband was messing with this girl in the next building, my first thought was I went to him, he lied. I went to her job Oh. and went to her. Oh, you guys said that was pumpkin, right? That was pumpkin? Yes. Okay, that was pumpkin. Yes. Okay. But see, sometimes it kicks triggers up, you know, your past, and you don't know the state of mind that you in when you pass the bed. You might not know the state of mind that you might be in because sometimes you have flashbacks. So in my former days, you know, but I would just 
I don't know who I would talk to. Let me just say we're talking to Jesus right now because I don't know my reaction. And like everybody said, when you're in that moment, you can say, oh, I'm not going to do this. I, I will, you know, handle it on a Christian level. You really don't know until I'm in that shoe. So I don't know. So I'll stick with I'm going to talk to the Lord. And I don't know because if I tell my daughters or, or even my son, they're coming after him too. So sometimes you don't want to bring other people in. So that's why it would be kind of let me not – I really don't know who I would talk to. That might would calm me down. I'll come to you. How about that? I'm going to come to you. Pastor Steph, that's what I'm coming to say. <laughs> Shanti said, and and I always trust. Whole scheme. Shanti said, I'm messing up your whole scheme because I'm gonna always try to talk you out of killing somebody. Yes, because <laughs> if I don't know what you're gonna do, you're gonna be right here with me. So we'll come to you. I'll come to you. That's who I'll come to. Oh my goodness gracious! There's a reason why I'm asking, and I'll explain why afterwards. Okay. Pastor KL, you know, you find out that your wife cheated. Who's the first person you're going to speak to outside of Jesus, outside of Jesus? Pastor Charlotte took that answer already. You're going to go to the Lord first, but who are you going to talk to afterwards and why? Um, well, I don't know that I'm going to talk to anybody because I ride and I staff to comfort you. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, we're not going to have no, no, no conversation for real. Uh, I'm what does not that mean? What does that I mean? mean? What's that mean? Whether my rod, my my forty, my thirty-eight, is going to comfort you. <laughs> I thought that's what you meant, but I was hoping that we would get more of a Jesus answer. <laughs> Maybe that ain't what he means. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna, you know, be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause at, the, at, at that point, it's not going to be have a little talk with Jesus. He'll make it all right. Because you should have talked to Jesus before you did it. Yeah, so that, that's, how, that's how I feel about that. But then, you know, the God gives us an opportunity to repent later. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> He gives you an opportunity to come to yourself. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But now you got to serve 30 years to life. What difference does it make at that point? Yeah, it, it don't. It don't. It don't. I mean, listen, when you're enraged, sometimes you don't think about the side effect. Shantice is still in the background. She said, right, that's why you got to go to Pastor Stuff so she can talk you out of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If I see my phone blowing up, huh? All I'm going to hear is that it's due time. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm scared of y'all. I'm scared of y'all. Tamika. Who's the first who's the first person you gonna to talk to and why? I'm sorry, Pastor Steph, I'm not helpful either today. Because <laughs> my thing is <laughs> let's, just, let's just be real. Let's 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 just be real. I'm sorry. Wherever it is you're taking us today, 
I'm veering off because my thing is I, 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 I we got through this whole thing. You know, we, we decided before God and man that this is how we were going to live our life. And you decide that you want to do something else, you know, not divorce. You know, you just decided this is what you want to do. So, you know, you don't want to bring it to the household of faith because you're concerned about people telling your business. You know, let's just be realistic. Sometimes, you know, somebody else got to talk to you. You talking to the pastor and the pastor may be talking to somebody else. So you're concerned. You don't want your business to get out. And so I have to be honest, that's not going to be the first place that I want to go. You know, and so where do I go? You know, I got to figure it out. You know, there there are areas of therapy that you can go to. But then again, you still have to question that. It, it's it's a real rough area. You you got to walk with God daily. <laughs> By the second, God, I, I, God, I need your help because otherwise this ain't going to come out too good. You know, and, and nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bear arms first before I do anything. Oh, that's oh, I'm going to bear arms. I'm being real. Oh. <laughs> well, we first got to keep the guns out of y'all possession. Oh, my goodness gracious. So y'all ain't even got a place to go when something like, if something like this jump off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my rod and my staff. I got a right to bear arms. I'm going to bear. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm scared of this dude, Tom Crew. Actually, you know, it's funny you said that to me about, I don't know where you're trying to take us today because it, it's very hard to get there with the two answers that I got. Um, so let's just go back <laughs> to the initial question. <laughs> I, I'll take it. I, I'll cover that in my closing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I got one more. I got, I got one more. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Will jealousy kill the relationship, Pastor KL? Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor KL? Okay. Tamika, will jealousy kill the relationship? Completely dead. Not only just dead, the, the casket has got nails and, and all kinds of stuff on it because every time <laughs> I tell you that I'm doing something, you decide that I'm doing something else. And, and I can't keep telling you that I'm doing something and, and you not believing it. You know, I'm, I'm at the store. I see you driving by the grocery store just to make sure that I'm, I'm where I said I, I was going to be. I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. All righty. Pastor Charlotte, will jealousy kill a relationship? Yes, jealousy can definitely damage it as well. Um, but sometimes that because of your past, um, and a lot of times it goes back to, like you said, the trust, where that the jealousy part, sometimes people have to be able to help you come through it. But it can tear up because of the fact that, you know, they want you by their side at 24-7, you know, and it becomes very drainful. So, you know, you could try to work with them. See, now I wouldn't just cut them off for, for that, you know, because sometimes people have issues from their childhood. And But, you know, after a while, it gets a little too heavy, then, you know, you got to go bye-bye. Okay. 
Now, they always say opposites attract, and, you know, that is such a stupid thing. I, I never understood that one. But I do, and it's just so dumb. I, it, it, you know, he's just my opposite. And, you know, we just, you know, he's, he's my, it's all, stop, please, stop, stop, stop. Compatibility. Will it end up catching up with you or not and destroy the relationship? Just making sure, so you're saying that you are compatible or not compatible? No, compatibility issues. You, you end oh, up remember now you together because you got this, this yin and yang uh, thing going on and you think that's great, but after a while it catches up and it ain't so cute after all and it can can be, you know, they're saying that can be a relationship killer. Would you agree? I think in some instances it can, you know, there's that pull of the supposed yin and yang, you know, she's a day person, he's a night person, you know, um, he likes to go to club and she likes to go to church, you know, and, you know, she does this and he does that, you know, there's going to be a pull on either side, you know, all the time. And after a while, somebody's going to be pulling more than the other person. And um, in most instances, it's going to pull one person to the point that they're like a rubber band, and they snap, you know, and, and it's not helpful. It's not healthy, you know. Um, you have to decide what it is, and we, we often talk about um, parameters, you know, setting your parameters, what it is that you'll allow and what you won't allow. And um, I think that it can put a strain on a relationship. All righty. Pastor Charlene, after a while, all that opposite stuff don't look so cute can become draining. Is it a relationship killer? Yes, it definitely can be. If we don't have nothing in common and to meet in the middle, you know how they say 80-20? <laughs> in a relationship. So yes, if ma'am. we don't have anything in common, then it becomes an issue. Because just like Lady Tamika said, you know, one's going to the left, the other one is going to the right. So when is the time that you actually get together? You know, you want to go to a nice dinner. They don't want to go out. You know, they don't want to spend no money. You know, so it can. It can definitely destroy a relationship. You know, he don't want to eat no meat. I want, you know, a burger. That <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious oh, Thank you so much My do top crew For your contribution Into today's conversation And we pray you have a blessed day You all do Have a blessed day Thank Clean you them thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Thank you Oh my goodness Look how she ends the, ends the uh the, uh, conversation. <laughs> oh, it's almost the end of the 8 o'clock hour. And you know what we do on Mondays? We have the switch tip with Shantice. Let's say good morning. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> well, what you got for us today? 
Today, I got the switch with Shantice, where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. Our switch tip 135 is learn God's balance for you. I came across a few definitions for the word balance, an even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady, a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportion, keep or put something in a steady position so that it does not fall. And there was one more definition, but it didn't quite stand out to me the way these three did, especially when I came across the verses. When I thought about I started to just title, you know, learn your balance, but (laughs) we see what happens when we try to teach ourselves stuff, especially for us. God gives us a balance in life. He gives us an even distribution of weight to enable us to remain upright and steady. The second definition, a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportion. God, especially when we give our lives to him, Jesus makes sure that we have the correct proportions, that we are equal, that we are not lacking on any side. The third definition, people put something in a steady position so that it does not fall. We, he chose and picked us out of a fallen world. We cannot now come to him and fall. If we fall, it's because of us. God ain't nowhere in that. Jesus is not in that. Just think of that meaning that was going around one point when Jesus came up. He's like, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Jesus has nothing to do with us falling, and yes, we will always be on a learning path. We will always make some type of mistake. We will never be quote-unquote perfect. However, to really fall has nothing to do with him because he makes sure that he puts us on a steady position so that we can prevent falling. The first verse that came to mind that I um, pulled up is Ecclesiastes 3.1 in the New Limits Translation. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And, of course, if you read that chapter, God gives a time for everything, a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time for this, a time for that, a time to work, a time to rest, a time. There's a time for everything. And if you study the Bible in its entirety and then you go back and read that chapter, you understand why God says there's a time for this and that. And one of the things that I read really quickly was there's a time to love and a time to hate. Now, you know that God does not approve of us hating people, but he does approve of us hating sin because he hates sin. So, again, you would have to really understand God's word to really understand why God says that there's a season and a time for every activity under heaven. 2 Peter 3.17, New Living Translation. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and use your, lose your own secure footing. I'm sorry. So when I read this verse, now I don't know because, you know, I this weekend was very exciting, very, but I was tired, so the first part I was pleased. And I thought I heard Pastor Steph speak on a conversation I told her that I had earlier last week. And when I read this verse, it took me back to that conversation. I'm going to reread this again really quickly. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Now, this also brings me back, this came to mind, about how I talk about these dry Christians. I had a conversation with someone that I didn't want to have, that I didn't want to have. And the Holy Spirit kept moving me to, to talk. 
And I said to the person, you know, if I wasn't secure in my faith in God and my relationship with God, you'd have me somewhere in the corner crying. And now with reading this verse and with God giving us this switch tip, it's like I had to have that balance. I had to, he had to understand that, first and foremost, of course, I'm a Christian. I'm a woman. But there's a level, there's a level of aggression I've learned that God has left me with. Before, in my former life, I used my aggression for me. I used my aggression to let people know they couldn't get over on me. I used, I used my aggression for a, a whole lot. Now the aggression that God has left me with is to stand tall and firm in his words, to let people know that I cannot be moved from him. You're not recruiting me to be in some other type of faith. Okay, if that's where you at, then you stay over there. You're fine. I'm going to stay over here where I am. But when now it's time for us, when God needs us to minister to people, see, these dry Christians, we're not going to only minister to people who are believers. We're not going to minister to people who are going to hear the word of God and be like, oh, or who are going to hear our testimonies and immediately be won over. Oh, yes, that's beautiful. You know what? I think I'm going to give God a chance. No. I think we get more of the opposition than we do with people conforming. And when you think about when God needs you to go out and minister to people, think about when God sent the 12 out and said, listen, you need to be on guard because I'm sending you out amongst the wolves. It's like, you don't know who God may need you to minister to. Will they try to throw you off intentionally or will they try to throw you off subconsciously? Are, are you ministering to a wicked worldly person or are you ministering to a wicked believer? Like, you don't know who it is, but what you do know is that you're going to have to have the balance. You're going to have to know when to be gentle and when it's time to be a little more stern in his word. You're going to know when it's time for your testimony to give your testimony. You're going to have to know when it's time to just sit back and listen. Like, you have to, but again, this is why you need to learn God's balance for you. Because when you try to give yourself the balance, you're only one-sided. Proverbs 16:11, New Living Translation. The Lord demands accurate skills and balances. He says, Ecclesiastes 3:1, where there's a season for everything, a time and a place, every activity under heaven. Let God give you. Okay, now this is the time that I just need you to shut up and listen. Okay, this is the time I need you to reference this verse. This is the time I need you to initiate Bible study. This is the time where I may just need you to do this for this person. Don't mention church yet. Not yet. That's coming. Not yet. Just do this for this person. And then after this time, when they come back meeting again, now you say, well, this is why you need to be in church. See, you got to let God give you that balance because he's going to teach you what's fair for that person. The way you minister, he has you minister to Nick. He's not going to have you minister that same way to James. You have to make sure he gives you that balance. Isaiah 41.10, New Living Translation, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And again, that's just confirming that it's not for us to give ourselves this life balance. We need to look to God, go to God. There is nothing wrong. His word says that when we go to him for help, that's what he wants. That's what he called us to do. And he will not be condescending when it's time for him to now give us the help. So we have to make sure we're making the conscious decision and making the switch. I'm trying to figure out when and how we should do things and allow God to give us our balance. And everyone is not going to always understand it. You are not going to always understand it all the time. But as long as you are going to him to give, so he can give you the strength that you need, so that he can hold you up, so that he can guide you and he can direct you. And if we meditate on 
what the word balance means also, that we will make sure that we are learning how to allow God to give us the balance for us. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you. Ooh, good, good one, good one, good one, good one. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, Ah, what a switch tip, what a switch tip. Balance, balance, balance. It's funny because that was one of the points um, in our list today, but I opted not to go for that. You know, things that kill a relationship, lack of balance. Ooh, so it's interesting that that came up even in our switch tip. So we didn't get that in our relationship conversation, but we surely got that in our switch tip. So thank you so much, Shantis for giving us that switch tip today. Uh, it's come to that time where we're going to hold hands and hold hearts together and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God of mankind, we thank you. We thank you so much for all that you have done for us just today alone, just waking us up, just lifting us up out of our beds, just being able to just put our feet on the floor, just being able to see and hear from you this morning, just to be able to just comprehend all that was given to Heavenly Father, we say thank you. Thank you for choosing us to wake up today. Everybody did not hit that floor today, but we did. We say thank you, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you, God, for allowing us to even hear stories to help us and to remind us of how blessed we are that we're not in these particular situations, that we are not going through these levels of trials and tribulations, that even when people are going through the same things we're going through, God, you have given us an answer. You have given us a remedy. And while they're struggling to work it out, we're just walking in it. And we thank you, God. Again, I say thank you for investing in us just this one more time, God. Heavenly Father, we just we want to lift up everybody who is in a nursing facility, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that across the board, across this nation, the care is not the best. And, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you, God, to just be with your people. Be with your people who are the patients, dear Heavenly Father, who are in need of this care, who can't do for themselves, who, if they wanted to, they couldn't change the situation, who they don't want to be sick, they don't want to be incapacitated, dear Heavenly Father. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just be their spokesperson when their family or friends are not around, God. Be the caretaker to, to, to fill in the gaps for when the staff is too low and they can't get around to everybody and it's not even an intentional negligence, dear God. We ask you, God, to just be the gap filler for those who just don't even know how to service the patients properly, dear Heavenly Father, so that they can still get the care and the healing that they need to get, God. We ask you to be on the on the, the side of those who give the service to Heavenly Father, those who are just walking through the door of God for a paycheck. We ask you, God, to just turn their hearts around. Just remember, help them to remember why they're there. They're not there for a paycheck. But it's the servitude that matters. It's them being the servant 
that matters, if they're there to care for those who can't do for themselves. God, we've been told to care for the widows and the orphans, dear Heavenly Father. That does not include the disabled. That does not disclude the other people who need us. That's ultimately who you were talking about, those who can't do for themselves, those who are handicapped in specific areas where they need that special assistance. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just touch on the hearts of those who even run the facility, God, that they won't turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to the care that, that the patients are receiving, God, that they would care, that they would step the game up, that they would ensure that everybody who was registered into that facility, that they would get top-notch care, God, and that they would fight for them, to Heavenly Father. Lord, we're just asking you to just be with the family of the little girl, God, who just didn't even have a chance to speak up for herself whose little drawing, God, was just misconstrued. And, Lord, this might seem like something minor to compl- uh, 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 to pray about for some individuals, God, but this is major because our children are suffering in one way or another, God. Even the child who claims that the drawing was something else, why? Why? We ask the Heavenly Father for you to just touch upon Everybody who's involved, the, the, the authorities who did not handle the situation fairly, God, who immediately jumped to one side. Lord, all of this, it just needs to be brought to you because this might be on one level, but this world is suffering from these very things on a much larger level. And if we don't know how to handle these things as children, and no one brings it to you on their behalf, no one helps them, they become big messes, dear Heavenly Father. And this world is full of big messes, God. So, Lord, I'm just lifting this world up to you right now, that everyone, under the sound of my voice, God, who wants to do better, they can just remember that they have you, to come to, that they can submit and surrender to their Heavenly Father, that you answer prayers, that your word says we have not because we ask not. We have a lot of power that's given from you that we don't even understand, we're not aware of, we don't even uh, uh, do it, we don't even exercise the power. But Lord, we pray that you just just bring it to everyone's remembrance what they've heard. And we can move mountains as long as it's according to your will and we do it the right way. All we have to do is speak to that mountain. Lord, help us to remember the power that we have. Help us to remember that you have the answers to everything. There's no reason why we're lost. There's no reason why we're powerless. There's no reason why we're hopeless. As long as we hold on to you, God, you will enable us to do everything that you have for us to do. And I want to say thank you this morning. How many times we just look into other areas and we don't 
don't even consider you. We didn't try everything, and we still are in the bottom of the pit, and we still have not considered you. Lord, we're asking that you just lift up every individual, God. Every situation, God, we lift before you. Even people who don't think you can do a thing, I pray, God, that we speak up. We speak up and we help. Like Shanti said, we help to walk people to you. We help to show them that you are there as an option. Thank you. Thank you for never leaving our side. We need you, and we seek you today, dear Heavenly Father. We ask for the strength that we we know that you have, but that we lack for whatever the reason is. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You know, giving you the thanks that uh, you always, always are right there for us. You know, I going back to the conversation, I did ask uh, the, the panel, you know, who would you speak to when you got into that situation, if you were to get into that situation? And... You know, of course, you know, I I automatically know that, you know, your first answer would be God. And my other thought was, you know, someone who could give you sound counsel. Because somebody's going through something today. Somebody's going through a a real situation where they're going to need to speak to someone. And... My prayer is that you just don't run out to any and everybody because everybody does not have a sound word for you. You know, we always laugh and say, you know, you always know who to go to when you want to cut up. You go into that individual who's going to help you cut up. We know, you know, you you stay away from that person who has that sound counsel because you don't want to have sound counsel. So like Shantiso, you know, says, you know, don't go to Pastor Steph if you want to be talked out of something. Because one of the things that I always ask is, you know, what did God say? I don't care what the dilemma is. You know, most times, you know, whoever's coming to me for some some word is asking from a, you know, a person, it's coming from a person who has given their life to the Lord. And I always ask, what, what did God say? Because I'm, I'm trying to get you in the habit of seeking God. You know, Pastor Charlotte says she's going to God first. She's going to God first. And, you know, God is going to send you to the person that you need to speak to. God is going to give you the beginning you know, if all of a sudden after you finish praying, you're now calm and you can't figure out why, you know, the storm is going on in your life, but yet you're calm. That's the beginning. Because, see, when you go to a per- when you're when God has calmed you down, you're not going to go to a person who's riled up. 
because the spirit of the Lord is is what has really and who has really calmed you down. It is not your spirit. It's the spirit of the Lord. The Lord has spoken to his spirit, and his spirit has, you know, brought you down. And that would help you seek out sound counsel. Somebody needs this today. I don't know who it is. But somebody needs to know that you can't go to the rah-rah team. That rah-rah team is not going to help you right now. Find that balance. Find that balance. It's okay to be upset. The Bible tells us, be angry. It's okay to be angry. But make sure you don't sin. Sin not. And a lot of times, because we can't find that balance, we go to the wrong person. Because we can't find that balance, we go pick up the shotgun. And that shotgun does not necessarily have to be a shotgun for real. A shotgun could be your mouth. Shotgun could be a lot of different things. You know, making the wrong phone call to the wrong place. The shotgun could just, you know, sometimes I remember saying that <laughs> had advised someone, you know, who this this particular person had you know, some animosity. The person hadn't done anything, but they had animosity for their own reason against this person. And someone told them to call immigration on them. So that's why I say sometimes your shotgun is not necessarily literally a shotgun. You know, to call immigration on the person. For what? They they didn't do anything to you. You're in the wrong. But you won't call immigration on them. So that's us to be very careful of the counsel that you seek after. Somebody needs to hear this today. I don't know who it is. And I'm not talking about somebody who's going to listen to this broadcast down the line two weeks from now. Yes, they're going to need But somebody needs to hear this right now. Somebody's about to make a move that you need to stand still and speak to the Lord and let the Lord fight your battle. You're about to make a decision, and you're going to end it all. And the Lord is saying, no, that's the, I don't want you to end it all. God is trying to prevent you from doing something today that's going to be destructive. And you're not going to be able to turn the hands of time back to fix that thing. So make sure that whoever you go to, before the Lord or after the Lord, Excuse me, but you want to go to the Lord first, but make sure you seek sound counsel so that you can let the Lord do his perfect work in the situation. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time, except when they want to pull out their shotguns. And I thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not 
really do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. God spare our life. I love you.